Across the Margin, the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Shields. Across the Margin, the podcast is part of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com and check out their outstanding and growing grouping of podcasts they have to offer. That is OsirisPod.com. What you heard leading us into this episode was a taste of a new EP entitled These Are the Days by the extremely talented singer-songwriter Sanya Encanta who I'm lucky enough to feature an interview with on this program today. Sanya is a Jamaican-born and Charlotte-based musician who has made a name for himself with his genre-blurring style, bringing together rock, reggae, hip-hop, house music, and electro-pop. Sanya's latest release, the aforementioned EP entitled These Are The Days, is an ode to his lifelong love for rock and roll. And the music on it, as you'll hear us discuss, is about working through trauma and really focusing on the good that life has to offer. Common themes throughout these are the days are growth, friendship, morality, the importance of time with family, and healing. It truly is an outstanding EP. It is just out now. And before I share with you this great interview with Sonia, here's another taste, an absolutely soothing ballad called Waste My Time. These are the days focuses on the positive, and we all need some of that positive right now. Sonia's music has also shown a bright light on the darker side of the world we live in. And in this interview, we take time to talk about a few of his more emphatically politically charged songs that present hard-hidden commentaries on the dark realities of the times and in contemplation of the history of the United States. We also get into his immigrating into the United States and his early experiences in the country. His youthful infatuation with American rock and roll music, a recent brush with carbon monoxide poisoning that put his life at risk and changed the way he viewed life in creating art, the intricacies behind the crafting of These Are The Days, and he hints at one point at a harder edge to his brand of rock and roll that uh, he might be putting on a forthcoming album, which I cannot wait for. It's a really, really great interview, and I'm sure you enjoy it. So here is my interview. With Sonia and Kanta. Hey, 
Very good. Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for thanks for having me on your podcast, Michael. Of course. Um, I've been loving uh, getting to know your work. I've been loving the songs, the, the your album from uh, just last year, and and haven't heard the whole EP, but I heard the first couple songs, and they're great. So I'm, I'm thrilled to talk uh-huh. about it and uh, learn more about you as well. So sure. Cool. Sure. Great. So uh, you were born in Jamaica, right, Kingston? Yes, I was born in uh, Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, moved to the U.S. at uh, when I was six years old. Actually. Okay, where did you land? Did you, I know you're you're in Charlotte now, right? I'm in Charlotte. We actually uh, moved to the Midwest first. Okay. Uh, Bloomington, Bloomington, Indiana first, and then um, eventually moved to Indianapolis, and then we uh, kind of hunkered down in Champaign, Illinois. Oh wow. Um, that's oh. that's where I went to high school and uh, started playing music. Yeah. How how was that change? Uh, coming from Jamaica to, to the Midwest. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah it was, a um, you know, it was a culture shock, yeah. you know, um, just, uh, different, different society and, uh, different set of norms and, you know, had, kind of had to learn how, uh, things were in the United States yeah. and learn quickly, you know, definitely, especially the, the weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we came here in the winter, oh, and I remember going outside the first time, and I just threw up, you know, wow. immediately. It was that just, intense. Just it was that intense, wow. yeah. Um, you know, it was, I think it was like a cold winter day. I, I was just, uh, my body was not used to it. I'm still not used to the cold. Yeah. I'm, I'm much happier down in Charlotte now than yeah. <laughs> being up north in Chicago. I bet. Yeah, no, um, I, I was reading a little bit, you know, as, as I was pouring over your stuff about, um, you know, kind of that acclimation to, to the U S and, uh, there was one note one time that, um, uh, you were talking about how you were actually practicing speaking English kind of like, you know, from television to learn how to do oh, it, yeah. how to shake the accent a little bit. And that definitely speaks to kind of, um, you know, how you were, you were maybe being treated or made to feel in, uh, in the school. And that was, that was pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, very intense experience and you know um i still i think i still kind of speak the way i learned to talk you know early in in elementary school um but yeah you know um first day of school they started talking and you know kids started laughing i was like well what's going on here um didn't didn't realize that i i was uh that different and um yeah I, i remember you know really trying to trying to fit in and uh, the one thing that I identified was you know my accent that was the thing that I needed to change mm-hmm. and um, I quickly um, learned I mean when you when you're a young age you can really you can really change your accent pretty pretty easily mm-hmm. just by your surroundings and yeah my dad overheard me and my brother um, doing the same thing in in the backyard got extremely upset um, and yeah I didn't understand at the time why he was upset, mm-hmm. but he, mm-hmm. you know, he was scared that we were going to be losing uh, a big part of us, um, part of our culture. Definitely. Um, definitely. But we, we were just trying to like, you know, fit in at the time mm-hmm. and so young that we didn't really understand. Wish I had my accent still. Right. <laughs> um, I can make an accent now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at, I, at the time, I just really was trying to fit in. Totally. Definitely. Um, that was a uh, environment. When, so when did you, um, uh, was music a big part of your upbringing, whether in Jamaica or, you know, when you came over to the Midwest? 
yeah, it always has been. You know, my dad is um, a musician and and just a connoisseur of music mm-hmm. as well. Um, when you know he met my mom, my mom tells the story like all he had was a bed and a record player and a bunch of records. Yeah, he he loved music yeah. and you know he was into you know heavy into reggae, but he was able to you know. Uh, put a lot of different styles of music in front of me that I, I, I soaked up. Um, was really into uh, folk music mm-hmm. at an early age. Um, like Bob Dylan and James Taylor were always playing in our, our house. Uh, Kenny Rogers, mm-hmm. this like folksy uh, type of music, and um, he was also very big into you know 60s, 70s music, and then also the 80s, Phil Collins and um, thing and you know a lot of these really great um you know pop artists yep yep yeah all across the board which is fantastic and it does reflect um very much so in your music and your output and all the influences and and what you do um so you were playing uh you grew up playing when in the midwest like you were uh when did you start really yeah, getting I did, into I, it I, when i was 14 I okay begged, begged my parents mm-hmm. for a guitar um i had been uh listening to a lot of Aerosmith, um, a friend from uh, a church we went to. He, he was probably Aerosmith's biggest um, <laughs> Number one fan. fan. Yeah. Yeah. He, he ran around with like a, a box full of cassette tapes uh-huh. and he, he would like lend me a cassette tape like once a week uh, on Sunday and um, just really got into uh, classic rock and, um, Joe Perry is actually the reason why I, I really wanted to pick up a guitar. Oh. Just loved loved what he did, yeah. and um, you know, I, I really appreciated rock music and, and classic rock, especially um, with heavy into Zeppelin and, and Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. and um, eventually, you know, really stoked up what was going on in the Seattle grunge scene, and um, especially. Uh, you know, Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains, all those um, grunge-type bands. And I eventually, like, you know, found a, a, a fond love of electronic music and um, those, those 80s, like, uh, genre-bending uh, groups like The Cure yeah. and um, I love the Touch Mode and New Order and all mm-hmm. all of those bands. So I'm sure you can kind of hear yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, those influences in the music. Yep. Yeah, and you and me both on all those bands you're speaking. Of. I mean, that kind of leads us to um, this EP that comes out the twelfth. Um, uh, these are the days. Um, I, I saw that you kind of uh, the, the EP was kind of built on your lifelong uh, love of rock. So it's 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 a rock album. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a yeah. rock album. Yeah. It's um, it's a chill rock album. Yeah, like it, it, it's not it's not a heavy album. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what's coming next. Okay. Um, oh yes, right. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell. Like, there's. I mean, some of those riffs, like the hard lesson. There's a driving rock groove, but I could see how you could lean into that a little more, and it could be a little bit more yeah. edge. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. actually been writing a new new album that's going to come out this summer that has uh, kind of a, a heavier edge to it. Um, but these these are the days, like um, when when COVID hit and um, it's forced to be at, at home and. Um, I decided to do an album that was was more organic and yeah. acoustic based. I, I know the Counterfeit Revival. If you heard it, mm-hmm. uh, um, a lot of it's kind of beat based. Yep. And um, 
driving driving rhythms. This this album is is more organic, more real instrumentation. Yeah. Um, I, I played most most mostly guitar on this album, guitar, you know, bass, drums, and I use the organ quite a bit. But it's a very organic and an album that that feels really good. Yeah. Um, I, I really wanted to to create something uh, that made me feel good. Uh, during these circumstances yeah. and being, <laughs> we being locked that. in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, did, I didn't want to focus on the trauma mm-hmm. um, and the counterfeit revival was more of a focus on, um, on, on trauma and um, all the, all the different things going on uh, in the world yeah. that, that is wrong. Yeah, definitely. I could see how that that's so important personally. And also to us, I mean, I love getting lost. A waste of time is just beautiful. And it's like, it's, it is a, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's it's got a sunny feel to it. And I guess, you know, you are you know, this whole album, this whole EP was created at home. And that song particularly kind of speaks to that. I mean, it's kind of like a tribute to to family about treasuring the moments with those you love, you know. So that's that had that kind of create came out of this time period perfectly. De- definitely. Yeah. You know, when you have a family um, pre COVID, it was like we were just running around like crazy and, and didn't even realize yep. it. Um, so many, so many things to do. Uh, your schedule is always packed. You're, you know, you're taking your kids to, to soccer practice mm-hmm. and to all these different, different places. Keep going, um, yeah. And plus your, your own like schedule. Um, it, it's just going and going and going. When COVID hit, it was just like, wow. It's like, realize like, you know, we have not really spent the, the time, uh, together that we needed to and um that's like one of the good things um uh, from the pandemic is mm-hmm. i think it's kind of forcing people to really uh just spend time mm-hmm. uh with one another um and it, and it was actually a wonderful thing yeah um, it's, it's something that now i think you know after the pandemic is is you know done with i think our lives are forever changed because I, I, I just think that we'll appreciate more um, these these times that we get to spend together. That's, that's kind of like why I named the album you know, These Are The Days. Um, mm-hmm. The last line of the album is These Are The Days That We'll, we'll Always Remember um, yeah. because it, it, it is a time, I think, where like our, our kids, I have two kids, mm-hmm. um, our kids are just like really appreciating this this time together yeah um, you know yeah. I, I agree I'm, I always think about and you know there's a lot of hurt and people have gone through some hell here but like I, I I have a daughter too and I've you know there's no way I would be giving this much time with her or I, you know I'd become her personal math tutor and you know some, yeah. some of some of it's super trying but I know I'm gonna look back at just that 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 item not not some of the other stuff and and that I was, I was given that time with her. And, and I know I'm going to think about that so fondly and, and, and be grateful for that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's that the time is a wonderful thing. Um, I, I've gotten extremely close with my son. That's cool. Uh, he was supposed to be oh. off at, you know, preschool. Yeah. He's four. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so he's been at home, you know, with me, but he was supposed to go off to preschool. Yep. He, you know, he's gotten to stay longer, but he's like, my biggest fan he's in the studio with me he knows all my my songs and we just have had a great um time to bond 
Yeah, even with him at um, school, I mean, it'd probably be more than that. I'm sure you'd be on the road a little bit more um, with these yeah. songs and these albums. So, you know, that's, that's still to come, which I, I, I can't wait to see these songs performed. Um, but you, you know, as light as it is, I mean, you know, I, I know you kind of were speaking to, like, steering away from the traumas, but definitely, you know, I've the Hard Lessons, kind of um, a, a song that does address some issues i think from what i'm getting from that it's, uh, it's tackling um toxic friendships and and kind of uh yeah. it feels like there's some hard lessons learned to get to the lessons that you're presenting in that one yeah yeah definitely um and and you know starting off the ep like that it's, it's really um you know you're washing away all of that trauma yeah okay yeah then you just have to you know move on sometimes you have to move on from um relationships that are toxic and mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, relationships where you, you're not getting anything out of the relationship yep. anymore and that a friend is not, um, it's a hard thing. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do, but mm-hmm. it's, it's necessary for, for growth. And, um, yeah, I kicked off the EP with that because it was kind of me just shedding, uh, shedding that skin and mm-hmm. um, being able to move, move forward yeah. um, with life. I've heard a lot of people speak on that during this. They've really realized who was there for them or who who was who was emphatically not there for them during the yeah. other days and just like made them made them, I guess we're given more time to think about, you know, those type of things. Yeah. Um Yeah. I would love that to hear that you were you were able to stay so inspired and family was inspiring you. Um I also know that something else inspired you in a major way, um, and I'd like to hear more about it if it's something you're comfortable talking with. You had some health issues that really made you think about things different, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I actually um, came uh, to Charlotte um, because me and my wife were looking for um, just a, a slower pace of life. Mm-hmm. We were living in Chicago, and I, I was experiencing these really – horrible health issues. Um, so I was uh, experiencing this crazy vertigo, a nausea, mm. complete loss of balance. Um, I had to walk aided. Um, Damn. It, it was a, a really horrible time where I was being hospitalized constantly. I went to the ER like six times, constantly going out to the Mayo Clinic. Uh, at one point they thought I might have been suffering from brain cancer. Like, uh-huh. Uh, because they found an abnormality. So you were like, while this is all going on, you were on, you were unsure. They were trying to figure it out. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this was going on for five years. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we had just decided this because my my daughter um, did not get into the elementary school that my wife was teaching at. Mm-hmm. It was going to create this issue where my wife was going to have to be driving across town to get her because I was not able to drive at that point. I was could not operate a vehicle. Uh, safely Um, so we had decided to just um, we decided to move and we had visited Charlotte a couple times Um, when my friends was here and um, after um, deciding to come down here um, you know I asked my wife to to see if she could you know find uh, employment down here and she found it very quickly Mm -hmm. and we we actually just packed our bags and um, we moved uh, within two weeks of deciding to and didn't sell our house, just <laughs> locked everything up, yep. uh, put an alarm system on it, and then we just left. And after you know getting to Charlotte, after the next day, I, I felt you know I felt physically better. And, oh, um, 
after we had actually put our house on the market, we found out that there was this carbon monoxide leak. Damn. And um, not a leak, actually. It was just blowing out <laughs> of our hot water <laughs> heater. In, yeah. yeah, it's a river yeah. into my office. Wow. Um, wow. So I, I was being You're poisoned poison. for five years. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. That is yeah. amazing. So, that is that is. It's so unbelievable that you're, you're you're able to get through that with that just pumping. That's crazy. Yeah, it it was. I mean, you look back and all of my symptoms. I was like, oh, this is obvious. But yeah. um, you know, with a hot water heater, it, it, you know, it goes on and, and turns off, so it never builds up to the level where it's mm-hmm. going to set off your detector. But it does give you like long term yeah. um, poisoning. So it, <laughs> in, in, we had. Uh, you know, guests come mm-hmm. for Christmas and they were staying in, you know, the lower level where my office was. Mm-hmm. And there were a few times when some of our guests were just like completely got ill wow. and, and, and sick. But, yeah. you know, we did not put two and two together until um, the house, uh, the, the buying inspector found uh, this in the house. And Damn. So like, not wow, only, okay. not only like, was, is that terrifying, you know, just to your health and what could have happened there? Um, artistically speaking i mean if you're drained and sick and that's happening oh you're being poisoned continuously i mean and even just life speaking like you can't create or live life to the fullest if if you're dealing with that over a period of time so breaking free from that again to charlotte must have been quite quite a change for in every aspect of your life yeah in every aspect i mean even my marriage you know yeah. if you can imagine being poisoned for five years yeah. <laughs> totally um, <laughs> I can't, I can't even imagine. That's just, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just at times just being like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was, it was really like, what's wrong with me? Exactly. You know, my, my brain being affected. And, Damn. um, it, it's also, you know, when you, you feel like you don't have much time left or that you're dying and you get a second chance, mm-hmm. um, it does a lot for you. Um, so it, it's, and, and this EP, I, I have a song called North Carolina. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, you know, coming down here and, and, you know, giving it another shot, um, giving life another shot and really just having faith that things can get better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that decision saved, uh, saved my life and uh, revitalized everything about my life from my art um, to my marriage, to my my relationships, and um, it was a big positive uh, change. And you know, after you know feeling better down here, I, I immediately started to create again, um, and and really get into uh, my artistic side. And uh, I'm I'm kind of in a a really good mode now, where I'm able to really put out. Um, the music that I, I've always wanted to. That's great. I, I mean, it really shows just by the songs I've heard off the EP. It's really, it's it's super inspired and, and just wonderful. Um, I um, I love the um, the political songs you put out too, and they've been paired with some videos that were really really intense. Um, Ice at the door was um, it's the video and just the the themes are terrifying and. Um, I was wondering if you could speak on those just political songs and you know there's three that were lesser of two evils which I have a particular question about um, and then uh, silence is violence so um, 
I don't believe on your EP that there, you get as political, but I mean, these are some things that uh, you know are happening in the country or some things you want to speak on um, pretty pointedly as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so the Trump administration, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can bring, it can bring out a lot of, uh, yeah. bring a lot of, of uh, different art out of you. Um, but, you know, I, uh, being, being an immigrant coming to the United States, um, I, I didn't actually naturalize and become a citizen of the United States until I, I realized that Trump was going to win, you know. Yeah. And I had this really uh, deep fear in the back of my mind. And I would speak to friends and, and talk to them about his rhetoric and, and what he was saying about immigrants. And, you know, a lot of the people I talked to would just be like, you know, that's, you know, that's just rhetoric. He's just saying this um, so that he can win the election. And But I, I took it seriously. I went and got my, <laughs> my citizenship and I was telling all of my friends, who are immigrants to make sure that they're, you know, getting everything, uh, all their ducks in a row, um, because something is going to happen. And, um, you know, I said the door um, was, uh, was a reaction to that, just seeing um, the immigrant community so uh, in fear and, and being um, ripped apart uh, from, from their, their children their parents, I would just watch these. I, I would just be online watching these videos, like of these uh, ICE agents coming yeah. in and you know telling the father, you know, say goodbye. It's yep. time to go. It's the most and, heartbreaking thing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was really, really disturbing yep. uh, for me mm-hmm. during that time. And um, I wrote the song that when after I'd watched one of these videos, and it was just terrifying because. You know, I put myself in their shoes mm-hmm. and can't imagine, you know, being taken away from your kids, um, my wife and, and my wife, kids, yep. yeah. whether I'm here legally or illegal. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that um, distinction doesn't matter. Yep. It, it's really like um, that is pain. That is true, true pain. pain. That is from for me. That would be death. Mm-hmm. Um and to be thrust into a place where you don't really understand uh, the culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, that would be kind of like me. Uh, I'm not a dreamer, but I, I, I can relate. Like yep. I, um, I came here when I was six years old. Um, if I was just, you know, plopped down into Kingston, Jamaica right now, I, I would have a hard time mm-hmm. uh, adjusting. Um, yeah. I, ha- I have some family there still which would make it easier, but I would have a, a really hard time adjusting because at the end of the day, I'm a Jamaican American. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know this culture now. Yeah. Uh, They're sending them to a so, place yeah. that's not home, you know, it's really, it's, yeah. The, uh, the visuals who, um, who's responsible for that, um, that video, um, it, the, the, it was just the imagery was so intense that there's George Washington kneeling, um, you know, yeah. it, it's just all those, all those things where it's, I mean, it all spoke to the truth about, you know, what America really is. And it was, that, that stuff was intense. Yeah. Um, the, the video was created by an artist named Ben Clarkson. Okay. And he's Incredible. out of uh, Montreal, Canada. Okay. And he's like, I was curious. He's a brilliant artist. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I wrote the song, I, I searched for an, an animator, um, that could do that. And I found him and he was like, is perfect for it. It was not something that I felt that I could pull off yeah, yeah. Um, as like a regular, <laughs> yeah. a regular 
video. Just playing it, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see that, yeah. No, and it did the combination. So, it was a perfect pairing. It's so, it's super, super powerful. Um, Silence is Violence obviously spoke to kind of really directly to black children in America being um, killed by police for ridiculous reasons. Kind of the Tamir Rice had to yeah. be an inspiration there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was Tamir Rice. Um, yeah. I actually had been, um, just online reading about uh, the officer that um, shot him. And um, I was really disturbed to find that he was, you know, rehired uh, to the police force yep. and it, it drove me crazy. Um, I couldn't imagine that um, a child could be um, shot down like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, no accountability and no just rehired. Yep. And I, I honestly don't know of any job where you can um, make that sort of mistake. Kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just fun. Just... Whether you meant to or whether yeah. it was an accident and you can get your job back. It's crazy. You know, if I'm if I'm driving a, a forklift and I accidentally run over someone, I'm you know, not gonna be a forklift driver anymore. Nope. It's, um, so it boggles the mind. It was, it's crazy. Yeah, it boggles my mind yeah. and, and that was uh, the, the his story uh, was was the inspiration behind that song and um i was just really bothered that there was not more public outcry um that even then he he stayed he stayed in that that area and he was able to get work in that area again and i was just disturbed that the community uh, let that happen because at the end of the day if if the community would have all stood up and said no yep um he wouldn't be working there. Yeah, yeah. If, if Cleveland, you know, made that big of a stink, they, they something you feel like something could have happened. It's crazy. And uh, one, one more that was um, another political song that really affected me was um, "Lesser of Two Evils." There was a, there was a metaphor in there um, at play. I want to ask about it. Was about um, a southern wolf and a northern fox in the hook. Can you uh, explain that a little bit to me? Sure, sure. It, um, it's a Malcolm X um, reference. Okay, cool. And it, it's it's basically talking about the political climate um, in the '60s mm-hmm. and how um, the Republicans and the Democrats were more of one and the same. They both had um, different motives behind it, but at yeah. the end of the day, these cats would just go golfing together. Yeah. They were friends. One in um, the same in a lot of ways. One in yeah. the same. Yeah. They they were not really opposing sides, and they were um, really just using and manipulating. Um, the black vote and um, I, I see certain themes like that in the election um, yep. here um, I'm you know I'm when I released that song I was like you know it, it's it's a hard judgment right on 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 Joe Joe Biden yeah. right mm-hmm. because it's it's maybe calling him something that I don't know that he is mm-hmm. um, because I haven't seen uh, what his administration would accomplish. Yeah. So the song is is based on what I've seen um, up until now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and the fact that you know it seems like during the election season that you know black issues are more at the forefront, and then after the election and they just kind of dissipate Mm -hmm. and um so that's that's what it was talking about and um i'm i'm really hopeful Mm -hmm. that you know 
that is not Joe Biden yeah. and that is not the administration from the things that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pleased with the things that are they're changing and the diversity that I've seen in his administration. I think it's, you know, definitely positive, positive signs. Yeah. But I mean, and what you were, what you were, what the song was, um, you know, alluding to is, you know, completely right for hundreds of hundreds of years up until, <laughs> up yeah. until just, you know, these days. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, that can turn a corner, but yeah, that that's intense. The songs are so powerful and, it's it's thank, really, thank really you great. so much. Um, so now that I've really come to know your music and um, all our listeners have, we want to kind of see it performed. And I know we have to wait for that. But um, are you doing any sort of live streamers in any way besides just you know getting getting the EP um, you know on the twelfth or where can we see you play some music? Yeah, so um, I am uh, doing a few live streams. I'm doing. Um, I'm doing one that is, is more of a solo uh, thing on February 25th. Cool. And um, I'm, I'm taking over um, a session Facebook page and, and doing um, about 20, 25 minutes of a uh, Facebook Live. But on Saturday, February 27th, I'm actually doing a full live stream with my, uh, my band. And we're going to be doing the uh, These Are the Days EP in full. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Where, where can we find that? You, you, on your website, right? I'll be sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, I'm going to be streaming it everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and then uh, YouTube as well. Oh, yeah. I am definitely going to check that out. So cool. I really, um, like I said, I love your work and I love talking about it. So I really, really appreciate your time. And I'm, I'm thrilled to spread the word, uh, word about what you do here. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. The Southern Wolf. In the northern thoughts want our blood They want our blood The fox is friendly with the lamb But he's not really friends with the lamb Says he does all that he can To keep me safe from the wolf of a man Tell me for the southern man Doing all that he can to keep me down in the ditch, but I know that it's a trick. Yes, yeah, a trick, just to keep my vote, keep his family afloat. Tell me, don't ever stray, 'cause the wolf's gonna put you in chance. Tell me, they'll never change, and just to play by the rules of the game. Moses is your best friend, but he be in you in the end. The southern wolf. What our blood Big for our blood The wolf and the fox are the same They both want you to remain In the same place Stationary Smile in your face That's scary They act like mortal enemies But that's just what they want you to believe That's why change never comes But now we need it by the ballot of the gun Yeah, by the ballot of the gun Otherwise, change won't come Two sides of the coin are the same Both wanna see the lamb chop on the plate Don't wanna see the black man elevate Just keep you in your place See the motives are the same They're both partners in this game 
This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.